State of Digital Publishing is a publication and community for digital publishing and media professionals in new media and technology. In this second season episode, we speak with Matthew Bushby, Managing Director Australia, New Zealand and Southeast Asia at Hivestack about the state of programmatic DOOH. Hivestack is targeting custom audiences based on physical world behaviors. Let's begin. Hi, Matt. How are you? I'm well. How are you going? I'm good. Thanks. Thanks for joining us today. I really appreciate it. No problems at all. Matt, I wanted to have you on because there's a growing segment, particularly for publishers that I think haven't been, they haven't utilized. I know there's been a bit of a buzz around programmatic, but there's been also recently a conference um, in Sydney around outdoor advertising, OH and, and the like. But before we jump into that, I'd love for you just to give a bit of a background about yourself and Hivestack and what you guys do. Yeah, sure. Well, thank you very much. My my background is 20 years in advertising and uh, for the last 13 years in digital at a home on the publisher side. I joined Hivestack about six months ago as managing director of ANZ and SEA. And uh, Hivestack is, is, is a truly programmatic out-of-home platform for both buyers and sellers where we use location-based data to determine audience density and uh, and physical world behaviours of consumers and then fire up screens when we see a, a high representation of the audience that you're wanting to target. No, that, that's very interesting. And how did, I know that Hivestack look focuses around the mix of agencies or like brands and publishers, but particularly for publishers, how did they understand what the offering or opportunity was to help publishers out? So I think that there's a real appetite for publishers to, to understand the space. Like obviously out of home is very, very different to, to traditional digital for one, we're, we're a broadcast-based uh, format. So when an impression is delivered in Outer Home, it reaches more than one person. It's what we call one-to-many, which is, is something that's quite different to um, you know, a traditional uh, digital-based buy. So that sort of metric has been one that has, has been a little bit of a friction point on, on how we can actually measure audiences and, and be able to to have have the ability to have more of a of a real time data source or a, or a, more of a truth based data source mm-hmm. to determine what sort of audiences have been delivered throughout a home. So out of home, the out of home publishers are certainly on board, and they're very interested in exploring the space. And we've we've had some some really good initiative being shown by by all of the publishers here in Australia. But they're, they're obviously cautious and they want to make sure that uh, yields are protected and that outdoor is maintained and sold as a, as a premium-based format based on the environments that they're located in and, uh, and the impact that those screens have in engaging with audiences. And is there much use of combining uh, first-party, third-party data with outdoor um, in order to trigger those geolocation targeting? Or is that something that is completely sort of set up by itself? And it's, a, it's like you said, it's just purely a broadcasting channel. 
No, um, definitely not. So we, we work with um, location-based data providers, so companies like Mobile Wallet, for example, mm-hmm. which will be able to that provide us device IDs and we, we look at um, the longitudes, the latitudes, the time of day, horizontal accuracy of those devices by the hour to determine the density of audience around a particular screen that we're wanting to target. Yeah. And then we, we fire those screens up but based on those insights. So never do we sort of buy a screen for a week or even a day. We only buy the screen when we know the audience is present. Is there any integration with social as well? Because I know Snapchat and a few other of, of the newer social media publishers are really playing in that space as well, just with filters and uh, different types of content formats that they're producing as well. Yeah, look, I, I haven't seen it in, in my space. Like, I think we're, we're still trying to, to do the, the basics just with location data at this stage. But I would imagine if Snapchat and you know, some of those companies that, that have location-based data, they would we'd be using them more for, for the data than the actual platform itself. Fair enough. Now that you mentioned that you guys are focusing on the basics, um, I guess that comes to the point around the recent conference that was recently took place. So there was the daily out-of-home conference that was set up by Andrew and his team, which are based in the UK. And I think it's become a pretty popular movement because they're now going across different countries and, and doing that conference series. But you were, um, for those who don't know, you were the chairman of that conference um, for the Sydney conference. And um, with, with that conference that took place, what, what were some of the main topics that were covered and what, what, what was the reception you got from, from that conference? Yeah, so um, EdTechO was the first of the series to actually be held in Sydney. In fact, it's held in New York next week. So it's become quite, a, quite an important event globally in, in sort of bridging the gap between traditional out-of-home publishers and um, more omnichannel-based digital specialists and DSPs, etc., Mm-hmm. So yeah, it was a, it was a great event, and we had some really senior people not only um, present on the day, but were part of the audience. So just to get you know the right people in the in the room, and to have some some open open discussion discussion and share some knowledge was was just a fantastic first step. I hope when when the event kicks off again next year that we really have a lot more case studies and a lot more examples of how programmatic out-of-home can be of real benefit to to clients. This year we had one case study in particular that was the IBM Fortune 500 case study where they used location data to target IT professionals and uh, they were actually able to to do that by geofencing different conferences that IT professionals were attending and also different office towers that they knew their key clients were located. And blending those two data sources, they triggered a campaign um, when they knew that there was a high density of that audience. And as a result, they were able to see a a significant increase in um, search and online behaviour in fact, I think it was over 30% increase in, in brand 
incremental search, which is which is pretty terrific. So awesome, yeah. So yeah, that was a great case study presented. There was also, you know, we sort of presented the basics around the programmatic ABCs, just because a lot of the audience were were outdoor specialists and not necessarily familiar with what the role of an SSP or a DSP was. We spoke about the data-driven jungle and the need for us to have more data that was was more real-time and and how that needed to be blended in with the way that digital is traded. So that was a really interesting discussion. We had some 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 representation there from you know people like Charles Perioken from from the RMA, who's the chairman, through to uh, Joanna Georges, who's the MD of Mobile Waller, and Cassandra, who's one of the the, the heads of uh, of Postscope that looks after all of their data and platforms. So, you know, some great discussion, and uh, yeah, really happy with with um, with the outcome of the day. That's awesome. Do you think this would like create a subset within the outdoor sector? Do you think that this will make a subset or help it make it as a standalone niche within the spectrum, or do you think that it will still be associated with OH? Yeah, it's it's a it's a good question. I think ultimately, I, I see digital out of home being more and more part of an omni-channel buy with other digital formats. Mm-hmm. But out of home is pretty complex. Uh, there's a lot of data layers that goes into identifying what's the right screens to to plan and book as part of a campaign. So I think that there is also a role for specific. DSPs that are only focused in out of home that can serve based on geotemporal audience insights, which is what Heimstack does. Yep. But you know, yeah, the, the long play here is is for this all to be wrapped up into an omni-channel DSP. That's good to hear. And I'm sure we'll go we'll go the down the track of technologies, I guess, in um, in our conversation down the track. But um what about um, in terms of Were there, I know you said the main case study was IBM, but have you guys worked with publishers specifically or outdoor publishers that are trying to, who have taken that omni-channel approach? And if you have, can you elaborate a bit more on one example? Well, the the IBM example was actually done with MediaMath as well. So that was actually more of an omni-channel approach. Right. So, you know, and very much based on on device IDs that determines what screens we fired up. There, there is a number of, of fantastic case studies that are in play right now. So if you were to interview, interview me in, in another six months' time, I'm sure I could give you a lot more examples to the one that I was able to, to share with you today. But, yeah, we, we're just really, it's it's fairly early days. It's a market that... Is, is maturing, but, uh, you know, I, I think we're still very much in our teenage years here in Australia. Fair enough. How about in terms of leveraging insights from other countries, um, I guess with your role of being chairman, is that something that's going to be continued on for next year and will you be able to get, obtain insights from other countries as a result or how, how, how do you try to leverage other case studies to apply it in the Australian market? Well, we certainly, we certainly look at, at other markets. I'll, I'll be in, uh, in New York next week for the DPAA conference and and also what's what's happening with with ad tech during that week. So yeah, we, we always look at more mature markets like North America where we can create some um, some case studies. But to be fair to Australia, you know, we're a pretty pioneering industry down here and we've done some fantastic work 
that may not have been as globally profiled as as some of other some of the other networks around the world. Mm-hmm. So you know, I think we're we're super advanced. You know, I hear of of a lot of the transit guys. You know, the large format guys doing some great work with traffic data. We had a, a company called Lumo in New Zealand, which just launched a, a piece around analysing their traffic numbers by looking at vehicle counts in real time, which was which is pretty cool. So I think you're going to see, you know, not that we haven't seen, but I think innovation will continue to be part of the DNA of all of the of the networks here in Australia and New Zealand. And we'll we'll do world world first work here as we do take reference from other countries. And I know your remit also falls in Southeast Australia, uh, Asia as well. Yeah. Um, I mean, typically, it's, it's always a bit more infant there, the market, but what, what's, your, what's your experience been there so far? And do you think there's maybe other technology factors that maybe have helped them differentiate from Australia? Yeah, well, look, it's, it's obviously a, a huge opportunity over there. And from my, my visits there throughout the last six months, I, I have found that there's a real appetite for, for programmatic out-of-home um, particularly from the trading desks and DSPs. Mm-hmm. There, there's not as much restriction on, on data. And, and I know a lot of the publishers are, are looking at, you know, things like facial recognition and vehicle recognition to be able to create their own real-time data sources, which I think is really exciting. So I think it's just really a, a matter of time and focus. I'll certainly be committed to, to that, that market next year. And, and I do believe that there will be some really sizable publishers that will, will get on board and, uh, and come on that ride with us. So, but it is, yeah, it's a bit of a longer to, to short, to, to midterm sort of play for us. Australia is, is very, very ripe and, and so is New Zealand, where I think Southeast Asia might be a little bit more, a little bit more long-term before they sort of um, embrace the, the power of programmatic. I'm assuming China's on its own and it's a separate beast, right? Oh, yeah, China's definitely a separate brief. <laughs> you know, you can't, you can't use, uh, you have to use data that's all sourced and owned on the other side of the wall there. So, yeah, that's, that's very much a, a separate but very exciting opportunity. Um, it's interesting you pointed out, and one of the questions I had in mind as well was, what are the limitations of breaches that, you know, we need to be mindful of with other um, and one of the things that we see said is about, you know, data privacy, because like you said, publishers want to get into maybe potentially using facial, facial recognition. Yeah. What, what, are you, what are your thoughts around that potentially people going across that line to use facial recognition? And what are your thoughts around what you need to limit to what we can use? Yeah, sure. Well, just on facial recognition, it doesn't actually determine an individual. It's just a data point. And we always need to apply to, you know, standards that, that are set by global bodies to ensure that privacy is, is considered of utmost importance. But, you know, we are only looking at, at data and data points, not, not an individual. And we're just really trying to ensure that when an ad plays on a screen, there's, there's a higher likelihood that the audience that we're wanting to target is going to be present at that particular location and time of day. So our objective is to still trade as a broadcast-based format, 
but to reduce the amount of incremental wastage and increase the amount of the target audience that's present when the ad plays. Definitely. Does anything with the HCCC's inquiry, has that incorporated anything, any findings or any recommendations with out of home? I, I would say that the people that provide our location data, that are, they're well across it. But for us, being more of a facilitator, we haven't seen any, any sort of restrictions that have been put on it as yet. But if you talk to any of our location data providers, they would, they would certainly um, be right across what, what sort of limitations there are in ensuring people's privacy. Fair enough. Matt, in, in looking forward, I guess, um, I know this year has been the year that AI has been in mainstream with a lot of tech companies, particularly with ad tech. What, do you, what, what else do you see is going to come into the foray and what do you think, how, how do you think what you guys are currently doing is going to evolve in the next couple of years? So just talking specifically around digital out of home, I, I see that there will be a move away from buying a screen to buying an audience, which is what programmatic essentially is. It's not just sort of buying that, that hero site. We're actually trying to buy that hero site when we know the audience is present only. So there is a bit of a prediction that in the next few years that 30% of digital out of home will be bought programmatically. Mm-hmm. And that's, that's a significant shift in the way that you know, outdoor is, is traded. And to do that, we're going to need uh, much greater transparency on how the campaign was delivered by screen and by time. And we're also going to need a lot more tools that help us measure the success of that campaign. So whether that be to demonstrate that there's been an increase in foot traffic or whether there's been an increase in web traffic, you know, they're two, two key areas where we can prove that programmatic out of home has delivered a, a greater result for the client's ad spend. And how about the attribution for that? Do you think we've, we've, heard, we've heard like for the past decade as well that attribution, like multi-channel attribution has to improve and this and that, but what's uh, digital out of home? What strategies are making in that area to help unify or make it easier to see, for example, in Google Analytics or Google Analytics Premium, that visibility? So with, with Hivestack, as I mentioned to you, we use uh, device IDs to help us identify and target an audience. Yep. But once they've actually been exposed to the digital out-of-home campaign and we can see that, we can then prove that those devices have actually gone into a store or visited a company's website. And, and we can compare that as a controlled and test group. So those that have been exposed to the out-of-home campaign to those that haven't been exposed. Mm-hmm. And we're seeing some significant uplifts in, in foot traffic and online attribution as a result. That's awesome, that's awesome. And, and what, are, what are your current plans? What's the next, I know you've alluded to some of the plans like focusing more on Southeast Asia and the, the conferences, but what's specifically your plan for next year with Hivestack? For next year? Yeah. Uh, well, we just want to do great work. You know, we, we want to be able to prove that programmatic out of home is a more efficient way to buy audiences. And we have some some great partnerships that um, I can't announce to you right now, but some some fantastic media partners 
and uh, and some some outdoor publishers that are that are very on board and keen to do some great work next year. And we've got some brave clients that are really keen to to show greater efficiencies and, and greater greater results from their outdoor spend. Would that potentially maybe include having alliances with the likes of Google and Facebook as well? I would definitely say that Google will will has has a very strong interest in 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 uh, in programmatic out of home. We are able to to integrate through DV three hundred and sixty if we if people wanted to use them as a as a DSP. But uh, yeah, but the, you know, there's obviously other DSPs that we can use, such as Media Math and the Trade Desk and yeah. and maybe and everybody else out there. So so we're we're not not exclusive, but we certainly um. We would we would love to do more more business with DV three sixty if um if that's the way that they roll. Definitely. Um, and just to cap it off, Matt, um, I just wanted to ask if someone was going to come into the digital out of home space now as as a starting point of their career, and even looking at your career, but moving back, uh, looking back, what's the key advice you'd give them to help them thrive in this in this space? So so for me, I feel that. Understanding the the power and the impact that out of home has over other digital assets such as mobile and desktop is crucial. So you really need to love out of home, which I do. It's it's definitely a, a format that I I really have um, strong feelings towards and know that it, it does deliver those those results. But equally, you need to understand that. People these days, particularly millennials, are very interested in only engaging with content that is relevant and contextual. And by making a data play that's more in line with the way that digital behaves and and being able to have better creative and more relevant creative based on us knowing what audience is present in front of those screens is going to make Out of Home um, even more compelling than than it currently is so it's it's a very exciting time in in out of home in programmatic out of home and we 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 look forward as 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 a company uh hive stack to be part of that be part of that growth and that's it's very exciting to you and, and hence why i wanted to bring you on the board as well so with that thank you so much for your time matt i really appreciate it no problems at all you take care thank you for joining us on this episode of the state of digital publishing podcast Listen to past and upcoming episodes across all major podcast networks. Follow us on Facebook, Twitter, and join our community groups. Finally, visit stateofdigitalpublishing.com for premium information, resources, and become a member today. Until next time.